0: Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at Thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics C-A-U-S E M E-T-I-C-S dot thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm Liam McCormick. This is Tramps Like Gus, Bruce Springsteen Podcast, Episode 57, Patty Scalfa, E Street Band Spotlight. Shanti and Lynx from the Muses and Stuff podcast are back. They have a great show focusing on all the women in rock and roll. Behind the scenes, the fans, the artists, the groupies, the wives, the mothers. I encourage you to check out their show at musesandstuff.ptbopodcasters.ca or on iTunes. We continue where we left off last time on this episode, talking about the great Patty Scalfa. Before we get into it, I want to give you another reminder about the Nashville Rock and Pod two. It's on August twenty fifth this year, Nashville, Tennessee. So much fun last year. You know, hanging out with the fans, podcasters, and musicians. We were recording podcasts all day. There was record vendors there. Rock and roll memorabilia. If you're a rock and roll fan, there's going to be something here for you, I guarantee. Lots of great collectibles to buy. Such a fun day. There was panels on rock and roll and music all day long. And we ended the night off with a kick-ass jam session. So uh, some live rock and roll, some live music. And we hope to make it even better this year. So this is your chance to get on board with us. And we want to see you, man. We want you to come down to the, the event. We want you to mingle with us. We want to have a good rock and roll party. A $20 donation to the GoFundMe site gets your ticket in. You know, you're supporting these podcasts. All these podcasts give you a lot of free entertainment week after week. So, you know, please do us a favor. Support what you like. Just send us a donation and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll keep these podcasts going and keep events like this happening in the future. You can find all the pertinent details, including some perks offered by some various podcasts at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com. Purchase your ticket or send a donation, $5, $10, $20, $50, whatever you can do, to GoFundMe.com slash RockinPod2018. Please leave my name, Tramps Like Us, in the message just to say that you're a your supporter of this show, and we really appreciate that. All right, so here we go. We're doing another E Street Band spotlight. We did the Mighty Max Weinberg previously spotlighting him. So this time we're going to do the First Lady of E Street, Patty Scalfa. Let's kick off this show with the earliest recording I could find of Patti. This is from August 30th, 1980, Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's a live performance of her song called Rose, which, 24 years later, would find its way on her sophomore album, 23rd Street Lullaby. When I first went to
2: live New York City, I worked in an Italian
3: restaurant as a waitress, and this tune is about a woman I used to work with, named Rose. Scalpel. Thank you. He's trying to Though my party This is twisted, walk and talk and and call. I've got no on my own. I can just oh. The first Lady!
4: get back again and talk a little bit about patty and her story growing up right um i want to start this off it's funny because uh lisa also started her notes off with the exact same quote that i had written uh it's an incredible quote this is bruce she is a one woman red-haired revolution flaming beauty queen of my heart waitress street busker child of some privilege hard time jersey girl great songwriter. 19-year New Yorker, one of the loveliest voices I've ever heard. Smart, tough, and fragile. When I look at her, I see and feel my best self. It's just one thing I know.
3: I don't know much.
5: But it is one thing I know. Well...
1: That's right. Bruce loves his woman, man. Yeah. He finally was able to, uh, you know, fall in love with a member of his own band. Yeah. Besides Steven. Besides Steven. And
3: Clarence. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Clarence got a lot of kisses on the lips before Patty did.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Patty's story, yeah. She was born Vivian Patricia Scialfa. She grew up in Deal, New Jersey, which I believe is quite an affluent part of... Jersey, uh, about 10 miles from where Bruce was. Yeah. she had What's that in kilometers? <laughs> she had two brothers. Her dad, his name was Joe. He was a self-made multi-millionaire. He invested in real estate. He was the owner of Ski Alpha Television. Uh, him and her mother, Pat, both worked at the TV store. And just a little fun fact to put in here. Their neighbor was mob boss Anthony Russo, who's nickname was Little Pussy and he's said to be the inspiration for the Sopranos character Pussy yeah. and Vincent Pastor played him and that's the man who Maureen now has that theater company with.
3: Whoa. Wow,
1: what a link. <laughs> <laughs> link, there, yeah, you links that, you link you linked that <laughs> link you link links you linked that pretty good. <laughs> Somebody drop your mic. <laughs> isn't it Big Pussy? It's Big Pussy, not Little Pussy, isn't it?
4: I think his name was Little Pussy in oh, okay. in Jersey, but, uh, but the character soprano, was Big Pussy. Okay, he, d- he was definitely big, so yeah. I'm gonna go with yeah. I don't think he was named Little Pussy. In Maybe it's the how sopranos.
1: they call like fat guys tiny though, yeah. something like that. I
4: think they just called him Pussy. Actually,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: little big, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Patty was always into music. She also had a musical family of sorts. Her maternal grandfather was a songwriter. As a child, she would visit him. They would write songs together. i got this quote here. She says, I was seven or eight, and I would play piano with him. He would be composing, working out the melodies, and would say, which ending do you like, this one or this one, when the notes go here? My opinion actually mattered to him. This was the era where children were to be seen and not heard, so that was really powerful to me. So she started songwriting as a kid. Very young, yeah. Yeah. I think my first was uh, the girl groups, the
2: chiffons, the uh, uh, Supremes, all that kind of music coming out of uh, Motown. But then especially when it, to to take that over into the rock and roll arena, there was Grace Slick. And she was, I think, the first probably real white rock and roll singer And um, there was Janis Joplin. She was brilliant, but that was blues. And um, so
4: there weren't that many women
3: to look at. Uh,
4: She also was influenced by her father, who loved Sinatra. And Patty says he went to the Church of Sinatra as opposed to... Actual mass on Sundays. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah. She says, The music would be on all day long. I never thought this isn't my music. It's so corny. In Frank Sinatra's voice, you heard all the possibilities. There's a big world out there, outside yourself, larger than yourself. Whether you stay stationary or move through the world, if you stretch yourself, it can open up yourself a little bit more. You can enter that larger world. Sinatra's music gave me that, a gift.
1: That's awesome, Bruce. Tell Bruce tells a story uh, about um, when they were at a party. Yeah, and uh, you know they they start singing around a piano, and like yeah. Patty goes over there and starts it was, starts singing like torch songs, right?
4: It was Sinatra's 80th birthday, and yeah, she mentions like Bob Dylan was there, and he got to like watch her as she sung to this amazing audience. Yeah,
1: Bruce is like, yeah, I got to watch my wife sing for I got to watch, no, he goes, I got to watch Frank Sinatra listen to my wife sing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. It was uh,
5: schooled uh, in jazz, so she sings torch ballads like you wouldn't believe, you know. So one night we, uh, uh, before Frank Sinatra passed away, it was for his birthday, he invited us to dinner at his house and, uh, and uh, started to play the piano after dinner. And, and Patty sang, you know, it was a big kick, you know, it was like, uh, uh, I, I I stood by the side because I don't know those songs, I can't sing like that. Man, she she sang those standards and it was fun watching Frank Sinatra listen to my wife sing.
4: So Bruce and Patty, they first not met, but spoke when he was 21 and she was 17. She'd answered a local ad in the Asbury Park Press. Uh, he was looking for backup singers. But it was a traveling gig, and when he found out how old she was, he told her to stay in school. <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
1: <laughs> she tells a story, too, about, like, she would she went to see him uh, open for Jethro Tull or something like that, and she was, like, so young. Yeah. But she was always trying to, like, get around the scene uh, the scene, and meet Bruce because he had the reputation of being, like, the best band yeah. in the area, right?
4: So she was an admirer from afar for quite a while. Yeah first time I saw Bruce, he
2: was opening up for uh, Jethro Tull, Monmouth College, so before he had a record deal. But I'd always heard of him, because
6: when did I... You, s-
3: sorry, did you yeah. go to see Jethro Tull, or did you no, go to see Bruce
6: Springfield? Oh, he doesn't know this. I went to see him... I went to see Jethro Tull, because I liked
2: him at the time. But I also went to see Bruce, because I was singing in that area, you know, in different bands. And I wanted to get in a good rock band, and I knew he had the best rock band.
4: <laughs> yeah, so they were the kind of ace team, were they in the area? Oh,
2: Oh, you yeah, always always even back where um when i'd be in bands and the guitar players would always he was known as a real fast guitar player and you know, all the guitar players would try to emulate everything he just like oh springsteen plays
3: so fast mm-hmm.
2: but he always yeah, he always had a great reputation in the best band
4: uh, in 1974, they officially met in person when, once again, Patty answered an ad that he'd put in the Village Voice. She auditioned, and it went well, but the band decided that they were just going to stick with the lineup that they already stick had. Stick with the boys club. Exactly. So, yeah. not quite yet. No
1: boys allowed in the E Street Band.
4: You mean no girls? Yeah, Only sorry.
1: Boys. Yeah, no girls allowed in the E Street Band. <laughs> <laughs> yet. Uh,
4: Patty was still doing her own thing, making music. Uh, in college, she had her own band called Trickster and uh trickster they're like
1: an 80s hair metal band really eh?
4: so Susie tyrell and lisa lowell were both in that band with her and both of those ladies would later work with the e street band so that's That's right sister
1: Susie tyrell
4: yes so it wasn't until 1984 when bruce saw patty performing with a local band at the stone pony that uh he was like wow this woman is amazing
1: yeah, what were there uh Cats on a Smooth Surface. That was the name of that band. She was ah. singing with that band. Cats on a Smooth Surface.
4: That's interesting. It's like another take on Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. There
1: you go, yeah.
4: <laughs> uh so Bruce said she had a voice filled with blues, jazz, country and the great girl groups of the 60s. Patty had it all. We met, flirted, had a drink and became par- bar pals. And Patty oh, yeah. I also got a quote from her. She said, It was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. We had beer together, sat at a table, and talked. After, I would go down every Sunday and sing, and sometimes he would be there. He knew I lived in New York and that I didn't have a car, so he would offer to drop me off at my mom's. Sometimes we would go to the Inkwell in the West End and have a hamburger, he really likes those burgers. Oh, yeah. And chocolate milk with whipped cream on top. So it's very cute and kind of innocent beginning to their friendship.
1: It's funny, just recently uh, on Patty's Instagram, about a week ago, she posted a picture of like Bruce at a Johnny Rockets, like sipping on a milkshake.
4: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> they still love the
3: milkshake. Oh, yeah.
4: So Bruce had been thinking about, you know, raising the bar on the harmonies in the band and you know, show a more accurate reflection of his audience, which included both men and women, finally. So he invited Patty to tour, or to audition first, sorry. Yeah. Well, he had to
1: replace Steven, right? Like, he's lost Steven, his mm-hmm. left. And, like, he's still got Clarence as kind of his right-hand man, but he's, you know, Steven was like his vocal partner. The guy who would sing on the mic with him. So he needed that Yeah, voice. a little element is missing in the band, Yes.
4: Right?
7: She really did add something to that like Yeah,
1: it's different with a girl up there, right? It just changes the whole balance of the whole yeah. show, show, right? Absolutely. Just
7: filling out the sound though too with the with the voice. I really enjoyed it. I mean, we all know that and like,
3: you know, it's the, the Bruce on his own.
5: Voice. I will look this morning I can barely breathe empty fish. Bit where he used to be. A kiss from on the
3: One eye for In the woods.
4: had been planning to work on some solo material but she decided of course to see where that experience took her so she became the first female member and uh 3 days after that audition they
1: they were on tour yeah
4: yeah <laughs> and it was the born to run one right
1: yeah it was born born in the USA tour Sorry, that yes. huge tour yeah she said she had like notebooks she had to learn like 40 songs in I a couple of days imagine. or something like that right yeah
7: Oh, and then there's the cute story where she walks into his dressing room and she's got the blouse on and she's like, "How is this?" Oh yeah, and I got your like, <laughs> It yeah, says you so go here for it. she
1: goes. Uh, here she says, "I was wearing some kind of pastel, kind of ribbony top." She says, and Bruce goes, "Maybe you should wear something not as pretty." <laughs> she laughs. I tease him about it now. I'm surprised he didn't ask me to get a haircut. He said, "Why don't you try this?" So he pulls out a t-shirt that said Broadway Motors on it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Bruce owns up in the book to the band, you know, being somewhat of a boys club. And he describes it as uh, muted misogyny, Mm. which I thought was really interesting. That was, you know, sort of prevalent among the rock and rollers of that day. Uh, He really praises Patty for the way that she handled the adjustment of, you know, entering this band that was once one thing and now had to, you know, become another. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, she quickly became friends with everyone. And Patty kicked butt on that tour, I've i heard.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> Especially for such little rehearsal time. So I, I s- assume many probably... Th- expect to hear that Patty and Bruce are, you know, about to get romantic.
7: Oh, can I say this? Um somebody had posted, I think before maybe we were even talking.
3: Yeah.
7: They just happened to post an article onto my Facebook wall about Bruce and Patty. And then one of my, let's say, more conservative friends, um, and I guarantee you he doesn't listen to the podcast. But it's (laughs) like it's my best friend's brother wrote, Yo, he cheated. Ugh. He cheated on his wife, didn't he? Okay, well... The th-
1: <laughs> well, the thing, both that, and it even says in the book that he says that like he didn't want to make it public that he'd separated from his wife because yeah. he thought that was personal and there was nobody's business. So he'd separated from her, but then he's on stage with a tunnel of love to her and he's performing these songs and it's it's obvious, like, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they're either really good actors and they're selling these songs like crazy or there's something going on. Yeah. Like, they're like... They're like eye fucking each other on the stage, right, during these songs. And then the whole paparazzi thing where they got caught with their pants down on the balcony. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but they didn't get together on that tour. Okay, but the did, Born in the USA
1: tour. No, uh, yeah, we're, we're skipping ahead. That's is it we're wrong? in eighty seven.
4: Is it wrong that
7: maybe one of us in this room tried to find that picture online?
1: <laughs> I've seen it.
4: You oh
1: I can show you. We can show you. <laughs> <laughs> the answer
7: is no, it's not wrong.
4: So, yeah, they didn't get together on this first tour because, as we know, Bruce was trying.
1: I mean, he was still married. He's happily married at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, um, We we're, were skipping ahead there.
4: So, I just wanted to... Put in a little thing about Patty. She was also, you know, doing her own thing. In 1986, she actually worked with the Rolling Stones. She did backup vocals on their "Dirty Work" album. Yeah,
1: one hit to the body. She sang on that one.
4: Yeah, and it's not a muses and stuff episode. If
7: Mick Jagger somehow pop up, worm his (laughs) way in.
3: (laughs) She also worked
4: um, with Keith Richards on his solo album, Talk is Cheap. That's right. And she did some vocal work for Buster Poindexter, who is David Johansson from the New York Dolls. That's right. Hot, hot, hot. Right? We did an episode on Sorinda Fox, and we mentioned their relationship. So there's another uh, tie-in for the muse. That's
1: right. New York City?
4: Yeah. So, yes. We know about Julie. We know things are, uh, you know a miss at home i guess
3: yep
4: and uh around i guess 1987 bruce and patty were hanging out more yeah the well he the fir-
1: he puts out this record tunnel of love in the middle oh of God. this happily married and everybody's wondering like oh where are the love song where did this come from right <laughs> <laughs> right so there this
4: does not sound like a happily married yeah. man so that's
1: the first clue that's the first clue right
4: yeah and uh finally Bruce and Patty are hanging out, and Bruce is starting to realize something, and he says, After 17 years of sporadically bumping into each other, then two of working side by side, somewhat flirtatiously, there came a moment when I looked at Patty, and I saw something different, something new, something I'd missed and hadn't experienced before. I was always busy, as Patty would later say, looking in other fields. Patty is wise, tough, powerful woman, but she is also the soul of fragility. And there was something in that combination that opened up new possibilities in my heart. In my life, Patty is a singularity. So it started.
1: There we go. Right? Off to the races.
4: And yes, we mentioned the chemistry on stage. Clearly, everyone could see. Yeah. Uh, I got this other quote from um, Peter Carlin. He wrote a book in 2012 called Bruce. Um, He said that their live duets had grown so steamy, it looked like their portrayal of romantic heat was perhaps something a bit too realistic to be limited to the stage.
1: Yeah, everybody knew.
4: Yes. Everybody knew except Julie. Julianne. So,
1: you know, the funny thing, she's never really come out about this at all. Like, no. never, she hasn't said anything bad about Bruce ever.
4: I assume she must have signed some sort of a, a, like agreement. Yeah. I
7: think I read that she did. Yeah. yeah. And he talks so highly of her, too. And kind of going back to the like, she was never in it for this. Yeah, But I mean, she is the kind of woman. Okay, so here's an example of like, I'm now researching for Vivian Cash. And she got Johnny's blessing but for the longest time, you know, had to wait. She wanted to wait for this. You know, sometimes these things take time and maybe one day we will get Julianne's story. If she didn't sign something that says you can't ever talk about it, ever, 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 because yeah. it's her story to tell. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So maybe one day she can't have that much dirt on it. him. Like I can't. But I mean... it doesn't even have to be dirt.
1: Yeah. And
4: like he says it all himself, really. Books, yeah.
7: But these books aren't always about dirt either. But he just they doesn't they want be, people
1: like, knowing his personal business. I think.
7: Unless
4: it comes from him, yeah, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And he does talk extremely highly of her, and he openly admits. You know, Slide that he back. does regret uh, certain things in the way that he handled that situation. So, yeah. I mean, he's had many years to live with that and, you know, make amends with her. Like and- he
1: was con- trying to keep his separation and his divorce private. But meanwhile, here he is flirting with his backup singer on stage in front of 80,000 people. Exactly. Nightly,
3: right? It's.
4: And he had that thing where he was like, no press statements. I don't want this at all out there. And now he sort of regrets that too, because at least he could have had a voice in how it was portrayed in the media, right? When you stay silent, they just make it up for you. Yep. So, yes. I guess uh, it was around 1989 that their divorce was finalized. And, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Patty and Bruce immediately began a life together.
1: For, well, the first thing they did was they knocked out a kid. Like before they yeah. even got married, they had their first kid.
4: And yep, and Patty also gave up her her love and for New York. She moved back to Jersey, um, and then I think together they moved to California. And Patty definitely had her work cut out for her. Bruce admits they they had many fights and struggles. Uh, he was still battling all the same issues and self doubt that he you know was battling before. Uh, he says that it was a good thing, though, that they fought so much because Patty and I fought a lot, which was a good thing. I'd never argued much in most of my other relationships, and it had proven detrimental. So they fought and they talked and they worked through it until, together, we settled into a reassuring quiet. Not trying to push each other too hard or make too much of things. Patty cooked, I ate. We gave each other a lot of room and something happened. It was a sweet surrender and I always felt that it was there at that time in the gentle days and nights we spent at the sea that Patty and I emotionally married. I loved her. I was lucky she loved me. The rest was paperwork. We have a lot of
2: similarities that we're lucky to have. As the years go on, the similarities are are very important. Our families are very much alike. work together, and that foundation of real respect for each other, which you have to really stay vigilant. You know, you don't want to sink to the shrew level. <laughs>
1: it's beautiful.
4: So shortly <laughs> after Bruce's 39th birthday, Patty discovered, yeah, she's pregnant. And July 25th, 1990, they had their first child, a son named Evan, That's and at right. uh, t- he says, "Together, Patty and I made one and one equal three. That's rock and roll." <laughs> that's kind of cheesy. Alright. <laughs> okay, I'm.
7: I'm sorry. I don't get it.
1: One and one equals three.
7: Yeah, he says that twice in his book, though, about like his band and the kid, like. I... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of a I whack line. Know. I don't know about that line. Yeah.
7: All right. Well. So you just
4: say I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, One year later, June 8th, 1991, was when they were married.
1: That's right.
4: Uh, Patty was already three months pregnant with their second child, Jessica, and she was born December 30th.
1: All right. Jessica Springsteen.
4: Yes. I got another quote here. Patty changed my life in a way that no one else ever had. She inspired me to be a better man, turned the dial down on my running while still leaving me room to move. She took care of me perhaps more than I deserved. So the ceremony was held on their own property with some close friends and family in attendance, and they spent their honeymoon in Yosemi- Yosemi-
1: Yosemite Park? Park with Yogi Literally. Bear. That's where Yogi Bear lives.
4: Yes. Bruce once said, Patty has only been able to use a small portion of her talent on stage with the E Street Band. She's always been a beautiful songwriter. And in 1993... Patty released her solo debut album, which is called Rumble Doll.
1: Rumble Doll, yeah, yeah, produced by Mike Campbell <laughs> yeah. from the Heartbreakers, yeah. So and
4: uh, Benmont Tench is in there too.
1: Benmont Tench is on it, so, yeah. So this record sounds—it's got like a lot of Heartbreakers sound to it. So uh,
7: I noticed that, and I noticed it when you told me about it, and I yeah. went back and listened to it, and I went, yeah definitely i listened to all of her well most of her stuff.
1: there's a song lucky girl off that record which is that sounds a lot like heartbreakers that's the, like she wrote all the songs that one was co-written by mike with her so that one's uh it's kind of cool there's a line and i like because uh, i'm shining down like a new link in an old chain i never
3: wanted nothing baby and no, true i never
4: Produced it well. Or? He,
1: I don't think he produced that one, but he's on it like he plays guitar and uh, like he's always on so he was in very the background supportive. of records, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and January
4: 5th, 1994, they had their third and final child so far, That's right. named Sam. Uh, in Born to Run, he talks about learning how to be a good parent, and uh, we know his relationship with his father was uh. I don't even know how to put it tumultuous
7: yeah
1: mm, good word tumultuous yes messed
4: up so he really wanted to make sure you know history didn't repeat itself and it seems like having patty as a parental partner was very important to him he said patty made sure i had good strong relationships with our kids free of much of the turmoil i experienced as a child so i think they also sort of lived half the time in jersey and half the time in la that's right yeah And just speaking of the kids, too, like,
7: I love that he talked about how, you know, Patty would make him go down and make pancakes for the kids. And he had never made pancakes before in his whole life. But she was like, you can't miss this. These moments, time yeah, of having breakfast with them because how they are at breakfast is completely different than any other. When time you see them, yeah, the get them
1: off for school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
7: and and uh, you know she was totally right, and you know I like the way that he talks about his kids, how he would take his daughter to Lady Gaga concerts, and that he actually had his own difficulties with his son, and how his son
4: would sort of challenge him, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to also mention that Patty produced two more albums
3: uh yeah i
1: want to talk a little bit more about her music too like yeah. uh, the, the last two records she did which were uh 2007 and uh 2004 it as it lays with
4: 2007 joan didion who, what's who joan didion <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i don't know that Just guy a reference okay <laughs> and then uh oh yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, you're sorry, getting it.
7: I, I zoned out for a second because I. So. She's an author. Oh, okay. I, I, so a oh, play it's it as great. a Lays. Yeah. yeah.
1: I wonder if there's a connection there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that had a song called Train. Uh, Train Town called Heartbreak was on that record, which they actually performed with the E Street Band during the Magic Tour. The First time they ever performed one of Patty's songs with the band. Oh, cool. So that was cool. Yeah, for that tour they played that song a few times and. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: 54. I wanted to write inside my skin, inside my age. I wanted it to be womanly and very full and with the experiences that are appropriate to who I am and, and, and who I am as a woman and who I am at this age.
8: Springsteen can be heard on Patty's album, backing up on the organ, guitar and harmonica. A lot of people want to try to look into your words and read things into your relationship with Bruce. Does that kind of scrutiny make you wince?
2: Of course there's seeds of yourself in there. Play it as it lays for me was a song, and the album was a reflection of all this. What are the complexities of a long-term relationship? People are imperfect, they're flawed. So when you're young and you get into a relationship, you always think love holds some simplistic promise of completion. That's not true. You, how could you put that on somebody else? It's too much. Oh,
3: you're that I
8: Fellow E Street bander Nils Lofgren also contributed to play it as it lays. Backstage in Boston, the two were doing some last minute rehearsing in her dressing room. Got shackles on my I'll and be gone. Seeing her here, rehearsing, interacting with the band, you see a woman who at 54 is completely comfortable with herself, and the many roles that have come to define her, including wife and mother of three.
4: Yeah. They did some duets together, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, he, he did a duet with that, her on that song, for sure. Uh, there's another song, Looking for Elvis, which was kind of cool off that record. That uh, there, there's a cool clip you can see Bruce kind of playing some harmonica on it. And Nils Lofgren's playing on that. So
2: Elvis for me is a symbol of tremendous promise and a, a kind of American hopefulness that you can come from nowhere and have nothing and build yourself up and chase that American dream.
3: When the rain comes round, I roll my window
6: down I lift my face together, heaven, wash the tears from my eyes
3: I'm just looking for some inspiration I'm Looking for something to rock my soul
6: Of allegiance, the prayers of trust. I slept on those beds of hope
3: and promise. looks well, choking on, she paid. of the dust. So, where are you now? With all those illusions, all in. My trust, my trust, my trust trust. trust.
2: music um, it's it's just so it feels one-dimensional to me so as soon as you get into a complicated area I feel like I have a little more room to move and to write and so I had an idea I had that song looking for Elvis as my first opening track and I I wanted to go on a journey of uh, reclaiming uh, hopefulness power the idea of possibilities rebirth uh, and and vitalness Elvis, for me, in that song, he really embodied and symbolized the um, the American idea of hopefulness, the American dream, and that and that you were allowed to you were allowed to dream. You know, you, as simplistic as it may seem, just that idea that you're allowed to dream can, can get lost as you get older. So that song, for me, was finding those things and 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 putting them um, closer to you again.
1: Her records are cool. They they're kind of what you would expect, you know. They kind of sound like Bruce Springsteen kind of music, but
7: yeah, they and I found the vocals were kind of like Sash Jordany, cool, you know, just yeah. that like yeah, well, it's rock definitely her
1: style. That sort of vibrato. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Bruce called it like a mix of satin and sawdust, you know, kind of thing. Oh, that's so
4: good. good. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> that's so good. Nice, Patty.
5: Patty, I have had a long and and unusual coming together, and I guess it's been about 14 years now, so. Uh, but she's a great singer, she's a great songwriter, a lovely young lady, may I say. I,
2: I think everybody is seasoned. They're healthier, probably, than they've ever been um the playing's just better i i think the band always played fantastically but they're just better you're supposed to get better aren't you <laughs> you're
3: not supposed
5: to get worse. you need the unique voice which is something that's i don't know it's like sawdust and silk or something mixed together you know and uh she just always had it, you know. It, it there's a little dusty Springfield, a little uh, Ronnie Specter, uh, just you know, country music in there.
4: Yeah, I also have that they did a duet called Children's Song for a charity of um, Every Mother Counts, and they also have done a cover of jackson brown's linda paloma together
1: yeah there was some tribute album to jackson brown yeah. they worked on that yeah
4: that's pretty cool um
1: but she's good yeah like her vo- her vocals since she joined the band are very evident in you know a few songs some of the songs off uh, tunnel of love bruce recorded with just himself doing the background vocals have turned into like big duets with patty specifically brilliant disguise and uh tougher than the rest is where patty makes an appearance at his broadway show which is going on oh, yeah. so she comes out and they do those two
5: songs together
4: oh that's so cool which is kind of neat. that would know? be so amazing to go see yeah.
5: tonight i'm in luck i got my lovely gal with me miss patty come on out it's patty Scalfa. This is uh, for you guys and gals and your families. I gotta work my magic right now. I've been in a (laughs) doghouse. my chance <laughs> well it's Saturday night you're all dressed up in blue I've been watching you while. Maybe you've been watching me too So somebody ran out If somebody's hard in a mess Well if you're looking for her love Honey I'm tougher some good-looking, some good-looking Joe. Joe On their arms Some girls like a sweet tall than the Here yeah, the road is dark It's Patty Scalvin! Alright, yeah.
3: Hey, Bruce!
5: <laughs> Alright, you got me a little bit out of trouble now. There's a middle aged woman who had a heart attack. And, uh, she was taken to the hospital. And uh, while she was on the operating table, she had a, a near death experience. And she you know, saw the white light in the tunnel. And uh, uh, she got up to God and she said, God, God, is my time up? She said, No, 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 no. You, uh, you got like 40 years left. 40 years. You got 40 years left. This is right here in the book. So upon hearing this, and the light faded away and she kind of woke up and said, 40 years left. Hmm, I'm in the hospital. Uh, maybe I'll get a little facelift and some liposuction and a tummy tuck while I'm there. All right, get ready for the rest, you know, and just change her hair color. Uh, so a few days later, she got out. She was, well, she was feeling great, right? Uh, well, she was crossing the street on the way back home, got hit by a car and killed. <laughs> and uh, she went back up to God and said, You uh, can watch I all that 40 years left. And he said, uh, I didn't recognize you. <laughs>
3: that's my jokes. <laughs>
4: brilliant disguise is one of my favorite songs of his. It's just I th- that's so good. That's a
1: brilliant fun. song. Well, it's a brilliant song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, I wanted to mention their kids and what they're up to now. Evan is 27. I think he's following in his father's footsteps. I saw some YouTube videos of him singing, and he's, he's doing That's that. That's a bold thing. move to make, buddy. Right? It's bold. <laughs> uh, he's sounding good. Definitely check that out. And Jessica, Bruce is really proud of her. He talks about it in her, his yeah, book. Yeah, she rides horses. Yeah, she's
7: really beautiful
1: oh she's gorgeous gorgeous
4: yeah yeah. and uh, she's a champion writer she that's her life and uh, I think she was about six when she started and Bruce talks about you know how that passion uh, grew in her and uh, Sam is 24 and a firefighter they right right? it makes sense that they they raise these very grounded down-to-earth kids that really do not care at all that he's a rock star. I I, (laughs) I wonder
1: what it's like, eh? Like a night at the Springsteen house or on the dinner table?
4: Well, that actually
7: (laughs) brings me to kind of my (laughs) last point. All right. Which is that they did kind of come back and have family dinners. When Bruce's father died, his mother moved back to New Jersey and they would have Sunday dinner together, his sister's, his mother, the family. And it's kind of a nice way to think of, you know, mm-hmm. them all coming together in New Jersey after all this has happened. And yeah, um, he said That's cool. My mother stood behind my wildest dreams. And I kind of like how he ends the book, you know, in a way of talking about his mother again, really bringing it full circle, bringing it back to family, bringing it back to his childhood. My mother stood behind my wildest dreams, accepted me at face value for who I truly was, and nurtured the unlikely scenario I held deeper in my heart that I was going to make music and that someone somewhere was going to want to hear it. She shone her light on me at a time when it was all the light there was. Amongst many things, my mother taught me that dangerous but timely lies that there is a love seemingly beyond love beyond our control and it will take us through our lives bestowing blessings and curses as they fall it will set you on fire confuse you drive you to passion and extreme deeds and may smite the reasonable mostly loving parts of who you are love has a great to a great deal to do with humility my mom remains magic
1: yeah. yeah. he's a mama's boy yeah that's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: your mama's boy
1: are you right. a mama's boy yeah, I'm a mama's boy, yeah.
4: Yeah, I've
7: got two brothers and they both are, but I'd say probably the youngest one is yeah. I think that usually that usually maybe is what happened and they get away with everything. And so it's like if anything ever happened in our family and the my little brother it was his fault, it would mm-hmm. always just be like, Oh, poor him <laughs> <laughs> Like he hid me, I'd cry, he'd cry, and then it would be poor him. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, families, huh? Right. Eh?
1: <clears throat> so, Patty Scalf, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. she got inducted with the band there in 2014. You know, she gave a good speech, thanked her family and the the band members and her kids and Bruce. You know.
6: First, I just want to say, Mom, thank you. She's here tonight. <laughs> okay, 1963. My father gave me a Gothic shaped wooden radio was Christmas. My mother painted it a matte pink and put it by the side of my bed. Within a week or two, the sounds of the Beatles' first hit, I Want to Hold Your Hand, kicked off Beatlemania in the United States. Lunchbox to school every day. I had like I was a little bit of a quandary, I had a little bit of ambivalence. I was the person who was like, wait a second, do I want to date the Beatles? Or do I want to be in the Beatles? <laughs> well, I guess I'm a lucky girl. <laughs> I got to play one of the world's greatest rock and roll bands, and kind of a new rest. I'd like to thank Max, Gary, Stephen, Roy, Nils with the new guys instead of the new guys, Clarence, Danny. I miss you. Whenever we step on that stage, magic happens, and it's only always an honor and an inspiration to play with you. My three beautiful children are here tonight. And I love love Ed, Jess, Sam. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being there for me and making it work. I love you. And Bruce, I love you, too. Thanks for making the best of
2: both worlds possible.
6: Thank
7: you. Thank you. We were discussing this a little bit before, but there are fan videos of Bruce and Patty together. Just clips of them, like vacationing, obviously photos that they've taken together. And then, you know, it's, oh, man, the internet is a weird place. And having this podcast has been interesting because of the connections that we've been able to make with, yeah. like, people that we talk about, right about, anything like that. And just to think that, you know, Patty has Instagram that she often posts on. All you have to do is, like, tag them now in these kinds of things. And more likely than not, because they're the ones that are managing their accounts, oh, yeah. they can actually find out that we're doing something like this. And it's just almost like a...
1: That's true. Well, if Bruce is listening, uh, please don't send that cease and desist desist order uh, right away. I'm a big fan.
7: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not trying to rip anything anybody yeah. off here. Yeah. Please go buy his music mm-hmm. if you uh, like what you hear. Yeah. Read the book. the book. Read the book. Oh buy book. the buy book. Buy all of Patty's yeah. records. All three of her's records.
4: Yes. <laughs> There's just so much good material here. I just I loved that book so much. I I forced it on my dad. He's like reading this probably right now at home like loving it as well it's it totally that's amazing It's it. a good book yeah i hope a lot of people also like read and relate and you know if there are men out there who are kind of stuffing all that in like he used to realizing you know i don't have to be this certain way or i can go to therapy that's not like a unmanly thing to do or you know. well, that was a
1: big revelation that he's dealing. With, he dealt with depression there, yeah. or maybe still is, like in his sixties. And yeah. you know, Patty was a big support for him and got him some pills that you know took the edge off and stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. And it's great that he talks so openly about it. I hope that helped a lot of people. Yeah, yeah.
7: And I learned a lot. Um, I'm definitely much more of a Springsteen fan than I ever was in my life yeah. before. Yeah. So thank you for. Uh, sparking that and inspiring and inspiring that in us.
1: He's the kind of artist that has you know a, a great, vast cat catalog that if you go and dig deeper, like the stuff is there. It's there for whatever you whatever you're looking for, you can find it. You know, yeah. He's a great and artist. We're
7: we're fans of your podcast, so hopefully our some fans of yours, yeah, who are listening, will head over to yours and um, the other way around because we're all just a bunch of music geeks. At the yeah, end we of just day, like talking we? about
1: music and you know, like I'm a listener of yours, you're a listener of mine, and. We're all friends out here. So, where can people find your show? Why don't we give our little plugs here?
7: Oh, yeah. So, if you just go into Google and you type in muses and stuff, we're all the ones that pop all up. All right. So, um, we, we don't actually do like the Spotify and, and stuff like that. No, yeah, I don't just do that on either. ITunes. Yeah, me too. I have and my our website. Yep. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, so, I think you can find it. Yeah. And then if you go to, again, just like Muses and Stuff and Google, our uh, website will pop up. So just go there. You can stream it there, download it there. And then we're on Instagram, which is, I think, one of our most fun platforms at Muses and Stuff podcast. And we post uh, celebrity birthdays. We had Elton John's birthday and a bunch of pictures, some some history. And then as well as all of the women that we talk about. And yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's a pretty interactive platform as well. And um, yeah. yeah, and then on yeah, Facebook. So, all right, what
4: about you?
1: Same stuff, tramps like us is the website, and we're on iTunes too. And then the Facebook group, Tramps Like Us, Bruce Springsteen Podcast. That's where all the fun happens. So, mm.
4: what's your
3: next episode?
1: Uh, what's the next episode? Other, uh, than other than this one, we just well, the one we just did was we did a cover me episode where we're talking about covers. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's songs. We got one coming up, uh, Sounds Like Bruce, where we just talk about other artists that kind of sound like Springsteen. And...
7: Hey, have you ever seen the band in Toronto, Tommy Youngstein? Oh, yeah, Tom... It's a combination of. Yeah, like, I know that guy. He's obviously been on. The... our favorite.
1: Yeah, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, and Neil Young, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he did a little clip come on the show and. Hyped one of his gigs once.
7: I was at one of their shows yeah. for the Tom Petty one. Yeah. And okay, I just have to say that I knew the songs better than the band did. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the girls looked at me, like there was a girl at the show that looked at me and thought that it was originals. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. These guys write some
1: good songs, <laughs> don't they? Yeah.
7: Was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was fun. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song?
1: One song? Oh, that's a tough one. One song, maybe Badlands. I love Badlands a lot. Thanks. No Surrender. Actually, maybe No Surrender.
4: Um, well, Brilliant Disguise is definitely one that sticks out. I love uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. And. Uh I'm on fire.
7: Okay, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I love this I'm is going to be too, too cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's just something about it that every time I hear oh, it, yeah, I it's,
3: it's, smolder,
7: it's smoldering. Eh? Yeah.
1: It's just very sultry and yeah. tense. The tension in the drums and everything. Yeah. yeah. Chicks dig that song. Like that they chick-sting. sure do.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. Uh, Oh yeah, thanks, guys. It's a good show. It's
1: lots of fun, man.
7: Been a blast. It's the start of a beautiful friendship. Yep, and maybe we'll see you at the Rock and Roll Expo in Nashville. Yeah, you guys should come down. You should come
1: down, Nashville Rock and Pod. That's where the action is. Okay. All right.
6: All right. See you later,
1: everybody.
6: (laughs) They
3: say there's a light in darkness shines. (laughs) To. Protect that light against the change of time.
6: Can have your gold and silver.
3: Build your kingdoms high. But it's just one of those things, baby, that money can't buy. So I don't care where we go. As long as I Can be with you I've been some sins of the world. Wash away the sins, baby, and go walking free. Please, that's just how
2: Fight for that, and I, and I think anybody has to fight for that once you've had a, a family. And your wife, like you were saying, your mother, you're trying to raise your kids. There's that whole domestic part of you which becomes very full, but then you don't want to lose your autonomy. It's who you are inside, the poetic part. Of
8: show folks thanks for listening you can find us on our website at tramps communicate with us on facebook at our tramps like us podcast group page and on twitter at tramps like us pod don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes where you can leave a review and a five-star rating tramps like us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free we are not affiliated with bruce springsteen or columbia sony records if you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earth love-making, viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary, E Street Band.
5: And Patty Scalpa, a Jersey girl, came down one weekend from New York City and sat in with a local band, Cats on the Smooth Surface, and Bobby Bandiera at the Stone Pony. And she sang a killer version of the Exciter's Teller. She had a voice that was filled with a little Ronnie Spectre. A little Dusty Springfield and a lot of something that was her very, very own. After she was done, I walked up, I introduced myself to her at the back bar, we grabbed a couple of stools and we sat there for the next hour or 30 years or so. And uh, we talked about music and everything else. So we added my lovely red-headed woman and she broke the boys club. Now, wanted our band to mirror our audience and by 1984 that meant grown men and grown women but her entrance freaked us out so much that the opening night of the, the Born in the USA tour I, I asked her to come into my dressing room and you see what she was going to wear so, and she had on kind of a, just a slightly feminine t-shirt and uh, I stood there and I'm sweating. At my feet, I had a little Samsonite luggage bag that I carried with me, and uh, I kicked it open, and it was filled with all my smelly, sweaty T-shirts. And I said, uh, "Just pick one of these. <laughs> It'll be fine, you know." Um, she's not wearing one tonight, so. <laughs> but anyway, Patty, I love you. Thank you for your beautiful voice. Changed my band and my life.
3: stranger, I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burnt Wine is a horror fantasy medical mystery, following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Rudolf Berndwein have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.